those that saw a few new faces around this morning, and um, it is awesome to, to have you here. A big welcome. My name's Julia, and I'm the um, campus pastor out here at L1 Life Church, and um, yeah, we're stoked to have you here. Good job on being brave, and um, if you've come by yourself, then um, good job, because I know that it can be pretty scary, so hopefully it's um, not as scary as you think it's going to be. Um, yeah, it's good to see you guys here this morning, and um, I just wanted to share a few facts with you as we started this morning. I wonder if everyone can kind of take their hands and put them up. It's okay, it's not a ploy for have you all like worshipping or anything yet. Like, if you put them together and then put it on your chest, that's about the size of your heart, right? Isn't that a bit crazy? Well, you can go like a fist like this, but I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, that's about the size of, of your heart. And today, your heart will beat about 100,000 times. Isn't that amazing? You know, you're not doing anything. It's just, it's just going to do that 100,000 times today. And the sound of your heart beating, so if you put your, heart, put your hand on your chest, everyone's got one? Like, that's going to make for a different morning. If you can't find it, like, you can never talk about it afterwards. Go see the prayer ministry team. They're full of faith this morning. But you can feel it beating, right? Now, the sound of that is actually the four valves closing. So every time they close, that's what makes the, the sound and the beat. Isn't that pretty interesting? Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, you go, you, apparently, you guys are a tough crowd this morning. But that's okay. Um, so our natural hearts are fascinating. Oh, Dan, actually, while I, was, um, while I was researching this, it's not related to human hearts, but I found this really interesting, that the left side of a giraffe's heart is bigger than, like, I told him, I was like, did you know this last night? He's like, no. Um, the left side of a giraffe's heart is bigger because it needs to pump all the blood up its neck. Interesting. Hey, you guys have a way better reaction than Ben's <laughs> It's like, what have you been Googling? <laughs> but I just thought it was really cool that God made it like that, right? Yeah. And that, you know, just all these intricacies. And, um, you know, if you look into our human hearts, just so much design and intricacy goes into making that work. But our hearts are also used to describe so much of our internal and emotional life. And no one's really sure where that started from. Early poets and writers have long used the illustration of our heart representing our internal and emotional life, and the Bible is no different. This week when I was um, reading through the book of Proverbs, and a scripture stuck out to me that I hadn't, hadn't kind of caught my attention before, and for the rest of the day I just couldn't really kind of shake it. You know when it's just in your head and you just keep coming back to it and, and thinking on it, and it was Proverbs 15, 11, and it's um, real uplifting, and um, you guys are going to be so encouraged just from here, you're going to be able to go home and be like, yeah, I'm good. Death and destruction lie open before the Lord. <laughs> How much more do human hearts? And it was a part that stayed with me. Human hearts lay before the Lord. Now the words in the scripture used to describe death and destruction were the equivalent when written at the time to, ha to Hades or to hell. The deepest places in the unseen world, even these places, are seen by God so too are the deepest parts of the human heart. We can hide our hearts from other people, and we can get quite good at it, but we can't hide them from God. Our hearts lie open before God. As a um, young youth worker, there was a pastor from another church who came in and was um, 
doing like a little kind of meeting thing and just encouraging us from some of his experiences. And there was um, something that he shared with us that challenged me at the time, has continued to stay with me and, and then shaped me even now. And he challenged us in Psalm 139 verse 23, and it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. And he said, how often do we go before God and pray, search my heart, O God. Search my heart, O Lord. And then lean in to what it is that he shows us. To allow him to search the very depths of our being. I felt so challenged by this, and if I'm honest, I felt a bit intimidated. It took me a few days, and I couldn't shake it, but I couldn't pray it either. Because part of me went, what's he going to find? Does anyone else ever pray that? Like you're reluctant to pray those prayers before God because you know what's in your heart, and you're like, well, some parts that aren't great, but I don't think it's too bad. But, oh, man, how deep does this rabbit hole go, right? What is he going to bring out if the God of all creation looks into our hearts? But the thing is, our hearts are open, laid open before God. But he allows us to give him the invitation to search through them. A few years ago, I was uh, traveling through Thailand, and I was on an internal flight, and it was an early morning flight. So I got up, and I grabbed my stuff out of the bathroom, and I'd thrown it in my bag, and without thinking, I chucked it in my carry-on, thinking that it was just an internal flight, so it will be fine. We arrived at security, and as we were checking through, and they scanned our bags, and they were like, oh, ma'am, and like pulled it aside, and you're like, oh, no, what have I got in there? And um, I looked, and they pulled out a bottle of shampoo and a bottle of conditioner, and they were brand new bottles, and I was a little bit ticked about that. I was like, oh, man. But then they pulled out, um, and you guys are probably going to laugh as well, but don't judge, um, a bottle of like, tanning lotion, right? Because over there, they don't sell it. They, only, they have like rows and rows of whitening cream. And I realized at that point that I was, honestly, that I was getting duped by these companies because you go here to the supermarket, it's rows and rows of tanning cream. And over there, it's rows and rows of um, whitening cream. And um, so they took it out. And the security guy, he laughs and he laughs. And I'm standing there and I'm like, ah, yep. And then he goes and he gets his friend. <laughs> And shows it to his friend who proceeds to laugh and laugh and laugh. And then they throw it in the bin. And I was like, well, my whiteness for Thailand, here it is. You know, like, but it's like that feeling of, of shame when they're laughing and just standing there and not being able to do anything about it. And I think sometimes we think that God's going to react the same way if we're to open our hearts up before him. He's either going to take away things that are going to tick us off or he's going to mock us for what's there or he's going to somehow be so disgusted by what he finds that it will be all over for us. There are something incredibly vulnerable about allowing our hearts to be laid before and searched by God. So often I think we can measure human love and what our experience of love and how our interactions have been influenced by the behaviour and character of the people around us or what our experience has been. 
And so often we put that measure on God. If I do this, he'll love me more. Once I get this sorted, then he'll want to spend time with me. But he understands the depths of the sense of shame that we so often feel. We can look at the journey of Adam and Eve and see that. He never wanted us to live with that kind of shame. That's why Jesus is so amazing. He took all of that upon himself. It's not us anymore trying to scramble for fig leaves, but the righteousness of Jesus that clothes us. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. In this season as a church that we have been on of cleaning and parking our boats and cleaning and mending our nets, how often in the process have we given God an all-access pass to our hearts? Just like at a concert or a festival, you see the people who have the all-access lanyards. How often have we actually given one of those to God? Can we regularly pray, search my heart, O God? After lockdown, I um, visited my aunt, and she manages a medical facility, and had been, um, they had a new blood pressure machine, and she'd be doing some training um, with it, and she was like, um, she's like, I want you to, she's like, I want to check your blood pressure, and um, you know, like, sometimes you guys have got aunties in your families, where it's like, yes, okay, <laughs> like, and, um, but why did she want to do that? Because as a family, we don't have a great generational history of particularly healthy, genetically healthy hearts, right? And she knows our family history. So why does she stay on my case about checking in? Because it's important. And because it's beneficial to regularly check it because of my family history. We are all a part of a human history where heart health hasn't been great which makes searching our hearts not a one-time gig. The first time we pray the prayer, it's a little bit scary. But my hope is that we can be a people of God who, on a regular basis, are developing the habit of allowing God to search the deepest part of our being, to trust him enough to lay those pieces before him. So let's have a look at the life of David. He started out anointed by God. In 1 Samuel 16, it says, When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then in Acts 13, 22, it says, After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. David even wrote himself, Psalm 139. He wrote the very words, Search my heart, O Lord. 
But life happens. And David's heart was also capable of turning towards Bathsheba in lust after seeing her, having an affair and having her husband killed out of guilt. His last recorded words in the Bible are, bring his grey head down to the grave in blood. And then David went to be with his ancestors. How much pain could have been avoided in David's life if he had continued to allow God to keep working in the deep parts of his heart in every season of his life? We can cultivate a culture in our lives where we do this regularly. Worship on a Sunday is a great place to regularly do a heart check. We might pray, search my heart, O Lord. And then in the still moments afterwards, he might bring something to mind that we need to deal with, something that we need to make right, unforgiveness, we are carrying, something we need to surrender, what we need to trust him with a little more, something we need to picture ourselves laying down at the foot of the cross. Because as our heart health in the natural is important, so is our heart health in the spiritual. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Psalm 51.10 says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Matthew 6 verse 21 says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Psalm 37.4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Luke 6, 45, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It's out of the overflow of our hearts that people hear what is inside of us. The last few weeks we've been talking about Luke 10 verse 5 in this journey of that we've been on of parking boats and cleaning and mending nets in a season of stepping out into the water and going fishing, last week we talked about what does it look like to go out into deep waters. And we had Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, from now on you'll be fishers of people. What will flow out of us to them is what God has been able to do in our hearts. Tim, will you guys come back up? This morning, I would love as we go back into a time of worship to come and do some heart checks before God. Something I find that makes it a little bit scary is praying 
before I do that to go, Lord, please be gentle. But Lord, also do what's necessary. Because there are significant things that God wants to get hold of in our lives to bring healing, to bring freedom, to bring hope, things he wants to break the chains of, things that have generationally been with us. And the amazing thing about God is that there's always, there's always a way back to him. There's always the hope of restoration when our lives are in his hands. And I think this morning God wants to pour out hope again into our hearts. That if he brings something to the surface, if he puts his finger on it, then there is a grace in this season for him to bring healing to it. If we would just be courageous enough to allow our hearts to be laid before him, to allow him to search them and be obedient to what he brings to the surface. Because it's going to be to our benefit on the other side of it. But it's not just about us. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. As our hearts become more full of healing, of hope, of freedom, of joy, of restoration, of Jesus. That's what's going to flow out of our lives. And it's not going to be hard to share with people. It's not going to be something we have to conjure up on our our own accord. But it'll be out of the overflow of our hearts that our mouths will speak to the goodness and faithfulness of God. Will you pray with me? Just stand. Holy Spirit. Father, we just come before you again. Knowing that our hearts are laid before you. Lord, knowing that you see every part of creation. And we pray you will search our hearts, O Lord. We pray you will be gracious and gentle in the process with what you bring forward. But Father, we surrender it again before you because we know it's going to be for our benefit. We know it is going to be for the benefit of those that come after us. And Lord, I pray right now that Lord, you will put courage in all of our hearts to lean into what you put your finger on. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will reveal to us what the next step is and how to work through it and how to bring healing to it. Lord, we want our lives to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor that you deserve. Father, we will not deny you the glory that is yours. And we want it to be out of the overflow of our hearts that we speak and share with others about your goodness to us, of your faithfulness to us, 
of the hope that you have restored within us. We want to speak out of that about the love of Jesus, about the compassion of Jesus, of his goodness and kindness and faithfulness. So Holy Spirit, we just open ourselves up again. And in these still moments, Lord, will you speak? Lord, will you speak so loud that we don't miss what it is what you're saying? 